0: Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is Jay Swords. This is the podcast extension for show ROI number 508. And our guest for today is Brett Menard, Blackhawk College University instructor. We're talking about his class Can Creativity Save the World. Our history buff today for today is Ed Broders. Ed, start us off.
1: Thanks, Jay. Brett, we're, we live in a c- culture where it seems that if uh, that it seems that if that technology is an end in and of itself and that we have forgotten that it is a tool Um, and I'll bring Jay in on this too, you taught school for 40 years Um, how's how's this technology thing um, affecting creativity so Jay do you want first bite at that apple or me?
0: Oh I can so I think as with all things about technology you've got pros and cons I think In some ways, technology allows for greater creativity in that it allows you to experience vicariously an awful lot of things that you probably wouldn't be able to experience if you had to actually interact. Okay, so if we talk about grist for the mill, if we talk about having as many uh, experiences as possible, if I have the right mind frame, if I have that openness to experience, I can get a lot of extra experiences in. Um, I remember during COVID, I did a virtual tour of Prague, Czechoslovakia. I actually had somebody in Prague with a computer and a camera. Walking along and I could talk to her and she could talk to us and she was, you know, basically gave you a tour of the city. That's something I probably will never get around to doing, would never have gotten around to doing. So in that sense, technology helps. Where technology hurts is as you talk about what technology does is and we had a guest a few years ago on the show who talked about it and gave it a great frame he said we have to be careful of technology because it provides the curse of ease and and what technology always does is make things easier it makes us easier easier to do which means that we don't have to work for anything so i can now and and Brett can talk about this from personal experience. I can now go to a computer program and say that I need a short story written by Edgar Allan Poe and an artificial intelligence program will produce a Poe short story. Okay. So I don't have to think I can just, I can just say it and it pops out and it has at least the, the, General structure and idioms of of, of a, a post story that hurts creativity because I don't have to actually put anything together; the machine does it for me, um, and so I think that's where we lose. And and that's what you see in in school is that kids just don't want to work for anything. And what we know about creativity is that it requires trial and error. We know that that creativity when when we hear about eureka moments, what we don't hear about are the months, years, maybe decades, that an idea has been kicking around, and has been played with. Think of uh, Edison trying to invent the light bulb is a perfect example of that kind of thing. Um, and that's what's missing now, because the technology gives us some answer so quickly, then we don't have to work for it. And so those odd connections that you get from trying something and failing don't happen and so you're limited. Brett, what do you want to add to that?
2: Uh, So I think the other thing that technology does that hinders creativity is it reduces boredom and boredom seems to be a critical component for creativity. I have to have downtime where I'm not actively doing something for those ideas to pop around. This is why most people feel most creative in the shower because you're standing there. You don't really need to think about what you're doing. so your mind can wonder and you can relitigate the argument you had with your boss yesterday and come up with the perfect response, Um, all of that. And because technology offers so much instant gratification, it is hard to have that kind of mental downtime uh, to work. The other place that technology helps is, again, in increasing access to information and allowing people um, to play around and connect things that they might not otherwise connect or connect with people that they might not otherwise connect with. So uh, you can have a conversation with a colleague across the country or across the world who, because of the different environment they're in will have different thinking patterns and that can sometimes spark new ideas.
1: Well, then, um, can you give us a little analysis? Uh, You took away my next question when you started talking (laughs) about solitude and isolation. Um, Does being in a group of some sort that's expected to solve a problem, um, does that enhance creativity, or do you kind of need both components, the exposure... other people in the group and then you also need time to be by yourself to think about this or research it?
2: Um, Depends on the individuals. So some individuals seem to do really, really well in groups because they like to popcorn off other people in the group. Other people, it seems like they thrive by you put them in a group You introduce the problem, you do a little brainstorming, then everybody goes back to their own office or cubicle or whatever, and you reconstitute the group at some time in the future. Um, So it kinda depends on the individual solving the problem and the type of problem that needs to be solved.
1: Does it also follow that creativity is going to be more enhanced in a smaller organization as opposed to a larger organization where there are layers and layers of administration or bureaucracy, whatever you want to say, that things, you know, things have to be cleared by an increasingly uh, going farther up the chain. Um, and does that imp- does that increase the likelihood of a good idea being stepped on? as opposed to being explored. Uh,
2: so it it's less to do with big versus little and more to do with uh, strict versus loose hierarchies. So if I'm looking purely for grist for the mill, the more people I have, the more I, ideas I can generate and the more likely I am to solve a problem. But if you put up, artificial, um, walls between those individuals so that they can't connect, then you will see a drop generally in creative production.
0: And, and let me kind of add another wrinkle to that, um, as well, because one of the things that creative research seems to be really clear on, there are so many things it's not, but this is one of the things it is, is that competition kills creativity. If you have competition going on, creativity tends to get, tends to be short circuited up and down the line. So again, I'm with Brett, it's, it's less big versus small necessarily, but certainly the more, the more layers you have and the more What, associate vice presidents you have who are jockeying for their own position and the more people are trying to work up, the more of all of that sort of thing that's happening, in general, that tends to kill creativity in in every way from what Brett said, you know, we don't talk to each other to I'm undercutting you or there's you know I'm I'm going to rush to to get this idea out first because that'll get me noticed whether it's a good idea or a bad idea that seems to be that that competitive element element seems to be where things fall apart
1: and um I'm not involved in healthcare but I've known enough people that have had kind of serious consequences after having seen multiple doctors and the doctors never talk to each other right right
0: yeah that would be and and so you know it's interesting because you have you have that situation but you also have a place like St Jude's hospital which all of their cancer research cuz that's their thing all of that can that their cancer research is is put out on the web as freeware and that accelerates the process because you have more and more minds who are taking, well, okay, I never thought of doing that. Now what about if we do? So again, you know, it's an interesting if we think about creativity on a create, on a continuum, that's a good way to kind of think because there is ultimately a level where creativity can be quashed because there's too many things going on, it's trying to serve too many masters. But it can also be improved when that's not there, when when you just have people being able to come in free flow and exchange ideas.
1: And so um, is it fair to say then one of the things not getting in the way of creativity at St. Jude's is profit?
0: Correct. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Because after all, in the end, what's, what's profit but another form of competition? Yeah you know i mean yeah. if you stop and think about it i you know the, there's there's an, you know the old joke about you know the the rich guy who has everything and is still cheating on his taxes and, you know and why is that because i need to be the richest you know and somebody else may you know i need to buy that that gold plated toilet because my next door neighbor who's also rich got it you know i mean competition you know in terms of acquisition whether it's power or objects or whatever It seems to be a universally bad idea. It just doesn't seem to help creativity. It does, however, help success. And that's something else we haven't talked about. And, Brett, I I think maybe we should do that here before we close up because we're about two minutes away. Um, You know, that idea of there's a difference between an expert a guy who's at the top of his field and is recognized and acknowledged and, and highly successful and a visionary who's coming up with really spectacular ideas, but may not benefit from them in his own lifetime. Brett, do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that plays into this? So think of someone
2: like Poe or Van Gogh, um, These are people who had very limited success in their fields when they were alive. So they didn't change. The work didn't change, but the um, society did. So that's one of the ways that we can see, you know, kind of this visionary versus expert another way to think about it would be um, during the broadcast section we talked about um, how most people who make groundbreaking changes in mathematics do so before they hit 25 because they don't have all of the formula memorized they don't have everything all the standard practices internalized to such an extent that, um, their thinking has become largely automatic and they, they stop exploring for a new solution. Uh, the other thing that I'd want to point out would be think of something like, um, NASA and Apollo 13, you got all the engineers together, said, this is what we got to make this work. How are we going to do it? Nobody cared whose idea who got credit for that solution. They cared that the astronauts uh, that were stuck in the capsule uh, did not run out of oxygen and could still breathe. And so that idea that um, of mission-based thinking um, and A focus on outcome rather than process can help uh, boost creativity.
0: All right. Well, we would like to thank our guests for this 508th show. Brett Menard, Blackhawk College Community Instructor. We've been talking about his class, Can Creativity Save the World? The history buff for today's show was Ed Broders. ROI can be found at 9.30pm Friday nights on KALA Radio or on the web at TuneIn.com If you're looking for older programs you'll find them at SoundCloud.com Just put KALA Radio all one word in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at Station KALE, St. Ambrose University.